my friends, and welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gormy. Glad to have you here with us once again. I am about to bring you the story of yet another dude who I know is going to leave you with some, some inspiration and motivation by the end of our discussion. With me tonight, I have Willie Gillis. Will, Willie, how are you doing tonight? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Hey, you know, we were a little bit worried about our recording today because we're having some technical difficulties. As everyone knows, the the quarantine is in effect everywhere, and I think the internet is getting a little bit taxed. But I think we're we're in the good right now. We're we're streaming well, so I think we should be solid. I'm I'm excited to to finally have a chance to talk, man. So we're going to get started with the first question, which is as always, Willie, tell us. What qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum? Well, I've I've always been a fat guy. Um, even as a kid, I can remember um, even like being like three, four, or five years old, and just being always the heaviest person in the family. Um, I was always the person that um, I, I just loved to eat, um, and I, I, I did that because my family loves to eat. Um, uh, we we just like to celebrate and have get-togethers and stuff like that. So it's I've always been that that kid that was always the biggest kid, even in the family or even just like with friends. Like I've always been that fat that fat kid, right? And that you know coming from that place, like where where did it lead to eventually for you? Like tell, take us through to to what it was like going through high school and then when when you got to your heaviest. Like what was that like? Well, I remember, I remember even like in like middle school, like I, I tried out for the basketball team and I didn't get to really try out for it because I was too heavy. Like it, it it started even then. Um, and I never really played sports and I ended up being like a band geek in in middle school and high school because I couldn't play sports. And, um, my, my wages went up and up from there. Like I, I, like every like at one point, like my weight went down, um, especially when I was in like marching band and stuff in high school, uh, my weight dropped. Like I, I started getting really skinny and then like it just bloomed right back up, uh, like even in high school and towards the, towards the end of high school. And it just, it just kept going up and up from there. And during that time, like, were you actively trying to diet or was it just, you had accepted it as part of your life? Like what was, what was your relationship like with your weight at that time? I, like I said, I've I've always been the, the the biggest kid in the room. Like I I I I can remember like the earliest time I think I did Weight Watchers, and I've done I've done Weight Watchers a couple times, you know, since since then. But like even at my heaviest, I think I, I did Weight Weight Watchers. But um, I've tried just about any diet I can think of. I think I did like Jenny Craig and and all that stuff. Like my parent my parents were really worried about like just my weight because I I remember at one point. Um, and this was like later down the road, it was, I was in my twenties and my mom was like, I will give you $500 to lose weight. So it, it, it's, it's always been an issue for me, like just weight. So at what point in your life did you hit your heaviest weight? Like how old were you and, and what were your life circumstances then? The heaviest weight that I can remember, uh, I was 492 pounds and I think I was around 30 or 31. This is, this, this had to be around 30 because I had just got married at 30. Um, I remember, I think the summer before we actually got married, I actually like tried Weight Watchers again, um, that summer before we got married. And I think I stuck with it for like two weeks and I was like, I can't do this. 
and then uh and then we got married uh in uh 2010 uh, uh january 2010 and it took me uh, like a whole year to decide uh that i didn't want to do this anymore it took it till like december december 2010 before i decided uh, it took me till december 2010 to decide to actually lose weight and that's because uh that was the month that my goddaughter was born um she had just been born uh december 6th and i i said if i don't lose weight right now i'm gonna be dead before this kid's five so would you say like that i i a lot of guys i talk to talk about having like the moment that woke them up or the moment that really kind of lit the fire inside of them. Do you think, was that really that moment for you? I, I, I think it is because it took me, well, like I decided that at that point I was like, I can't do this anymore. And then I think I really sat on it for like a solid month because then the next month was uh, January. And then on January 6, 2011, I, I decided to, to lose weight. And what I did was on January 5th, 2011, I downloaded an app called lose it. I said, let me track all my calories for one day and see how many calories I eat on just a daily basis. And I was eating upwards. I was eating almost 6,000 calories in one day. So then you made this decision that it was time to make a change. You, so, and if I like in our little, little pre-show notes, I know you talked about, you know, tracking your food and, and basically calorie counting was, was the avenue that you followed to begin yeah. your weight loss journey. Yeah. So what what was that like? What was it like for you to 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 change your behaviors and to go from not counting anything to now having everything kind of like there in front of you every day? I when I decided um, when I decided to lose weight. So when I woke up on January six, I woke up and I, and I I turned over turned over to my wife and I was like, I'm going to try to lose weight. And then she's like, Well, if you're going to do it, I'm going to do it with you. And so it was just it was just an idea of if I if I can do it, I'll. I'll do it. And if I can't, I can't. And I, I just, I just, you know, I didn't have anything to lose at that point. Like I, I could either do it or, or I couldn't, but like, you know, let's give it one last hurrah and see what, what we can do with it. And how did that go for you? What, what actually, what, what happened, you know, next, what came next for you? So the problem with me was I didn't know anything about nutrition. Um, I didn't know anything about exercise or nutrition. So what I did was um, I, like I said, on January 5th, I used this app called Lose It. And then January 6th, I said, let me just keep using this app. And I just started tracking, um, tracking my calories. And I, and I wanted to stay underneath that calorie budget that I had. And I started thinking about this concept of, um, of my calories being like a bank and I, I have so much money I can use in a day. And once I run out of money, I have no more money to use. And that's, that's the kind of concept that I use for the, for the calorie count. And I just said, I, I need to stay under this number. Um, if I try to, if I get too close to this number or go over, then I, I can't, I can't do it because I have no more money to spend. And that's how, I, that's how I had to think of it. And I, I think is not having a, like a nutrition background or like a really deep understanding of it. Like, that's that's a solid basic right there. Like, you know, you know, okay, if I eat this amount, I'm gonna see some progress happen. And how did that how did how did it go for you? Like what what was the journey that followed? Um, well, what I had to do that first week, um, I really I was a big soda drinker. So I, I drank like two liters of Mountain Dew, like like it was water. Um, and what I had to do was 
cut the soda out. And just by cutting the soda, I, I dropped like 11 pounds in the first week. So that that was a big part of the whole journey was if I drop the soda, let's see how much I can how much weight I can drop. And so when I dropped the 11 pounds, I was like, well, I dropped 11 pounds. So let's keep going with this. And so what I what I kept doing was I just I started even that first week, just started getting on the treadmill and just walking. Uh, I remember getting on the treadmill for that first week and I think I got on it for five minutes and I was like, all right, this is this is enough for me. And then every time I would go back, I would try to increase it by another minute and then, you know, like six minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Like I kept every week, I just kept coming back to it uh, and just walking. And what I would do was I, you know, this was even earlier on, like you could like kind of stream your TV shows on your phone. And so I would put my TV, I would put my phone on the treadmill, watch something on, on, the, on the phone and walk until that show was over. And then I would get off. And, and that's what I had to do uh, just to get some kind of exercise in. But it sounds like from, you know, from what I know that these, these factors kind of came together, you know, the exercise and the calorie tracking led you to some success. Yeah. It, it was just, it's, it was very much a slow progression. I, I didn't try to go like, like drastic measures with it. I was like, okay, I, I can walk. So let's walk. Uh, and I can track my calories to the point where I have a calorie budget. And that's what I, that's what I had to do. And within the first, you know, six months, I dropped a hundred pounds. And then the second half of 2011, I dropped another hundred. So it was just like, this, it's this slow progression that I was doing just to drop the weight. I wasn't trying to go fast or anything. It was all about, let me just be consistent. Well, it's, I mean, to be fair, 200 pounds in a year is, is solid, man. Like that's a, that's, that's a great loss. Like, you know, I, I know you're, you're saying, you know, you, you weren't, you weren't going fast or you weren't, you know, it was a slow progression, but you were, you were making some incredible progress. Like that's, you know, even just losing 200 pounds from the weight you were at had to have been life-changing. Like what were the first things you noticed changing for you during that year? I, I noticed that I, as I dropped more weight, I just, I, I felt a lot more energy. Like I, 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 and I know I probably had like sleep, sleep apnea and all that stuff, but I, I never went to a doctor. Like I know for this whole, the, this whole entire time that I was losing weight, I never saw a doctor one time. Um, and you know, my journey lasted like 20, 22 months or something, but I never saw a doctor in those 22 months at all. So I just, I, I just went with the progress of, let me just count calories and exercise a little bit every day. And you know, the way to come off. And, and that's what I had to do. And I, I just noticed that I had way more energy than I did, you know, the previous month. And I just ran with it. And so during that first year, you lost 200 pounds. Mm -hmm. It was during like the, the following nine months, you lost another 100 pounds. Is that correct? Like yes, bring sir. you down almost 300 pounds? Yep, it was, it was exactly 300. That's, a, that's, that's wild, man. That's truly, that's truly amazing. And I know also it was during this, during all of this that you also started running. Is that true? Yeah, I started running um, very closely to the end. Um, there was a running there. Well, there is a running group here uh, in, in Texas that I, I run with. Um, and I, I just really like that community of just like people cheering you on and, and, and cheering you on to get better, uh, especially with running, because um, I had never ran before. Like my wife is a big, uh, a big runner. Uh, and I just did it because she was doing it. And so I was like, well, if she's doing it, I'm just going to do it too. And 
it's kind of funny. Like I started the weight loss thing and she kind of started the running thing. So it's just, we, we kind of um, just ran off each other. So that, that was pretty cool. That's awesome, man. And she had success herself during that time. She, she started uh, in January, 2011, she started at 338 and then she lost 200 pounds. in I think about, I think it was about a year, a year and a half. And you guys going through this together, I do want to talk about kind of like what that was like in a second, but I, I first want to point out like you you got some recognition for that, like you got a little a little bit of celebrity for the the, the journey the two of you had been on. Yeah, she um, she has a blog, um, and she was writing about just her running and her weight loss journey and stuff like that. So um, a lot of uh, national like national syndicated TV shows like saw what she was doing. And, you know, picked up on it. And uh, I think it was in uh, 20, I want to say 20, 20, 2012 or 2013. I can't think it's 2013. Um, we ended up going on the Rachel Ray show. Um, and then like three years later, we ended up going on the Today Show. And then we got some magazine recognition too. So like, it was very cool to be recognized for uh, just our weight loss and, and things like that. And what was it like? to be on this weight loss journey with your wife, like to be going through similar challenges together. I, I will say for, um, if anybody is on a weight loss journey, like having somebody to do it with you is, is a, it's a very good thing because you have that accountability. Um, I, I think accountability is a big thing. And, um, at, at that point I was either like, she was with me with the, in the, in the whole weight loss journey, but I was also like posting stuff on social media. Like I was like, Facebook was still kind of a big thing then. So I was posting like everything I was doing on Facebook and people would see that I was losing weight constantly. And they were asking me what I was doing. Um, so like, I, I think that e even now, like I know most of people are doing like Instagram for, for their social media, but I think posting stuff on social media is, is a big thing um, for that accountability. Oh, for sure. I think it's a, it can be an incredible tool and it's got its challenges, of course, but when you can keep it in the right perspective, like it can be a great way, you know, to, to a great accountability, like you said, like a great tool to use to help with this entire process, whether it's back in the day, like I remember like my first, my first big weight loss journey, I had a Facebook group, you know, a Facebook page that I shared everything to that was kind of, I had a Tumblr and it reposted to Facebook. And that was kind of where all that went through for me. And that was a very different experience than Instagram for sure. It, it definitely, it definitely was like back then, like if you're posting on social media back then, like even Facebook, like not many people were doing that. A lot of people were not posting about their weight loss. They would just be doing it. And then that was it. And then they would post their results for like, for somebody to really post their stuff like daily and weekly and, and, like th that's the norm now, uh, especially on Instagram. But like even back then in 2011, 2012, that wasn't thought of to be something that most people were doing. It, I, I think also Facebook had a different climate back then. Yeah. It was almost like that was that was the era of Facebook being very supportive and being like a great place for people to kind of connect much in the way that Instagram can be now. But you look you look at Facebook groups these days. And it's literally like people waiting around to for someone to post something so that they can kind of snipe in why they know better and they know the right thing to do. And why are you doing that? And you're wrong and like chase people away. And there can be this like there. I think there are some great kind of like bright spots out there. But then there are also some, you know, more preponderance of just like people's waiting around 
wanting to share their opinion because everyone's opinion has val has you know the same you know is this amazingly valued resource right now apparently you know when it comes to these things yeah it was i mean facebook was different back then because like nobody knew what to do like especially with weight loss like i i can remember um just utilizing any kind of resource that I have. I mean, YouTube was a big resource still back in 2011, 2012. But like, I remember going on like, like these different like bodybuilding websites and stuff like that. I think bodybuilding.com had a lot of stuff for like, if you wanted to learn how to do an exercise properly, like they had, like, I think they had an app at one point. I think they still have it. And that's how I learned a lot of exercises with just like strength training. But like, a lot of that stuff wasn't readily available. Like you had to go search for it. And now it's so like, everybody's an expert now. Like everybody knows how to do stuff now. Um, and it wasn't like that back in 2011, 2012. Like you had to like really search for stuff and figure out who, who was the best source for that stuff. Cause I think I, I, I can't remember. I think I used a lot of like books and a lot of stuff on YouTube and just, a, a, that was really, it was YouTube and like books. And I had to like, really like build my own library of how do I do strength training or nutrition or, or, or like I did a lot of nutrition, like just, you know, trial and error, but like I learned a lot by reading and, and that's how I learned a lot of stuff about nutrition. Cause people ask me now, they're like, they're asking me about macros and stuff like that. And I'm just like, I'm telling them off the top of my head and they're like, how do you know all this stuff? I'm like, because I, I did my due diligence and I researched all of it. And so let's let's talk about nutrition for a second. Like from the beginning of your weight loss, this this leg of your weight loss journey, you know, for the 300 pounds that you lost, how did your nutrition evolve? Did it evolve over time or did it stay pretty much the same? Uh, my nutrition pretty much stayed the same. Like I f from 2011 to 20, I say 2013, that was the biggest time I was trying to lose weight. I strictly just used the app Lose It and I still use the app Lose It now. Um, and I just used the calorie counter on there and just I literally just plugged in numbers of, all right, this is how much for breakfast, this is how much for lunch, this is how much for dinner. I didn't use any kind of macros or anything like that. It was just literally like, if it fits in my calories, then I'm going to eat it. And and that's how I did a lot of it. And do you think over time, because I think some people hear calorie counting and they're probably like, oh, how would I even do that now? You know, I, I need X and it would fill up my calories for the day. Like. Do you think like you you started to learn like what foods were like were more satiating to you and like gave you more volume or like was any of that playing a part of it or, or was it more about these are the things I want to eat today and I can eat this much of it to fit into my calories for the day? Well, I really have to think about like what what fit into my calories, but also like if I eat this, is it going to make me full? So I, 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 I spent a lot of time um, then just making sure I had enough like protein. Um, and then just filling in the gaps with everything else. And, and that's what I had to do because I'm going to tell you right now, and, and people are very surprised by this, but in that whole two, what was that two, what, a year and a half, almost two year period, I had, I didn't eat one vegetable that whole time. Really? Nope. Didn't eat one vegetable. Oh, wow. All I ate, literally all it was protein and, 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 and fat and carbs that that was it i didn't have one one because i hated vegetables back then like i just i would just not eat them i was like if i can find any way to fit stuff into my calories that's what i was going to do and so like for a long period of time i would not eat vegetables i mean i eat them now but back then i would not eat them well you showed that you know 
at the at the core, you know, you can do these things regardless of what you're eating. Exactly. You know, at the end of the day, like, you know, you can you can make this happen. So Willie, it would be great for us to say, okay, great, 2013 comes around, head into 2014, you've lost the 300 pounds, everything's perfect, and your journey's over. But I know that that things, you know, the road took a, took a twist for you, yeah. um, you know, and, and why don't you take us into that and let, let, us, let people know what, what happened to you after you lost the 300 pounds. So after I lost the 300 pounds in 2012, I was, I was still running. I was doing um, half marathons and 5Ks, and I did a couple marathons in between that. And then uh, in t- January 2014, uh, I had to have surgery. Uh, I and the story, the story is wild, and you're gonna you're gonna laugh at it. But um, in t- January 2014, I was running. Uh, I was running a race in Louisiana. Uh, it's called the Louisiana Marathon. Uh, I was running a, at that point I was running a 10 K cause I was, I, I was signed up for two races. I was signed up for a 10 K and a half marathon. I, I felt very lethargic that whole weekend and I didn't, I thought I was just sick or I had the flu or something. Um, and so like that Friday night before the 10 K, which was the Saturday, Saturday morning, I slept that whole day. Um, like I slept on the way to Louisiana. I slept when we got into a hotel uh, and I just slept that whole, that whole day off. And then I woke up the next day and ran the 10 K like just ran it. Like, like nothing was wrong with me. Uh, and then went back to the hotel and slept off again. And I was like, okay, this is, there's something wrong. And so I woke up Sunday, ran a half marathon, just ran it <laughs> like nothing was wrong. And then, and then slept again. Uh, and then I think Monday I got, you know, we drove back home Monday and my wife was like, there's something wrong with you. Like that you're, you've been sleeping all weekend and, and you're still running and something's wrong. Uh, I went to the doctor. They were like, oh, we think you have appendicitis and you need to go to, you need to go to emergency room now. So I go to the emergency room. They said, nope, your gallbladder is failing right now and you have to have emergency surgery. So I, <laughs> I had to have emergency surgery and I was in the hospital for like four days and that, that and they were like, we don't understand how you were running, and your gallbladder was failing, and I I, I had no clue either. So, um, yeah, I I have no clue how that happened, but I I like the weight just started coming on, and I thought it was because of my like I didn't have a gallbladder, and I just couldn't process stuff the right way, and that wasn't it. I I think that once I got done with my my just weight loss journey, I thought, oh, I'm done. Like this is it. Like I don't I can't eat whatever I want or whatever. And so slowly, because my, my father-in-law is a doctor too, and he was like, I have no clue how you're gaining weight because you're, you're just slowly and slowly gaining weight like every year I see you. And I'm like, I have no clue. So um, just every year I was gaining weight, gaining weight, gaining weight. Like I get to 20, 2018, 20, no, I get to 2019 last year, and I was like back up to 350. And I had no clue what I was doing, and I had to realize – that was me doing that. Like I didn't fix my relationship with food. Like it, I still was kind of turning to food for comfort, just like I was doing back in 2011, 2010, 2011. I was turning to food for comfort and I was still doing the same things that I was doing, you know, several years before that. So, um, that, that really took a turn. Um, and it took me, uh, recording, I recorded a podcast with somebody. I can't remember who it was. And Daryl heard me say something. I think it was Emily. Uh, I said, I recorded a podcast with, with my friend Emily. And then Daryl heard the podcast and he was like, I, I want you to work with me 
because I heard something in that podcast that I didn't like. I didn't I didn't like that you said. And I have no clue what he heard, but I, I must have said something that really kind of irked him. And he was like, I want you to work with me for the next year. And even if you do it for like a couple months, that's fine. If you feel like this program that me and, that me and you are doing is not working, then you don't have to do it. But he says, I really want you to work with me for at least two to three months. And so I did it. And, you know, it's March now. I mean, yeah, it's March now. And and I'm about, I think, eight months into the program now. And and my relationship with food is is like a 180. Like it's it's completely different than it was just back in just back in August. It's like I don't turn to food for comfort. Now it's like I'm eating to fuel my body and to eat just to eat, you know, just to to to, to maintain weight or to lose weight. And I I really put weight loss on a on a I put weight loss on hold this entire time because I wanted to fix that relationship with food before I was really ready. And it took me until this month to really get back into it. And so I've been, you know, something clicked with me in March at the beginning of March and I just ran with it. And, and now I'm just running with it. And now I'm in, I'm strictly in weight loss mode and I, my head is the best it's ever been. Well, that's, I think it's, it's, it's great that you were able to develop an awareness of, of how, your your habits with food were really having that impact on you, and then, well, first of all, for those there there are probably people listening who don't know, you know, you said you recorded a podcast, uh, Willie, you started your podcast in 2018. Is that true? Yeah, I <laughs> I started a podcast in 2018 because I was like, I want to record. I, I, at this point, I was trying to lose weight again, um, and I was like, I was recording just my weight loss journey then. And then something clicked with me in April of 2019. I said, let's let's switch it from me talking about my weight loss journey to let's let's talk. Let's listen to other people talk about their weight loss journey. And that's what I started doing in, in April of 2019 and April 2019. And just so promote it a little bit, man. What's the what's the name of your show? The podcast is called What I Live For. Um, and and it's it's about the stories of people who uh, do the stuff that they're passionate about. and. I don't just talk to about, I just don't talk to weight loss people. I talk to just different people from different uh, ca- uh, careers and stuff like that. But it's mostly right now, we'll just mostly focus on weight loss people. And it's wild because I remember uh, when I was getting going kind of through getting ready for us to have this conversation today. Like I remember discovering your podcast when it started. And I remember there was an episode where you talked about, okay, I'm making a change. You know, the, the focus of the show is changing. And I was like, wait a minute, what is he doing? Like, I don't even understand what, you know, what's, what, what's going on here? You know, I, I was into what was going on, you know, with Willie's journey and like, what's happening now? Like, what, I, I want to make sure he's okay. Like what, you know, I, I was one of those listeners that was like, I need more details. I need to know what's happening. And then I saw what, what was started coming out from the show and what you were, you know, the direction you were taking. And it sounds like this, during this whole past year, like there's been this evolution of, you know, thoughtfulness to what you're doing and like so not just thinking about where is your journey going but giving a voice to the stories of other people i think is really powerful and then turning that kind of like what's the best way to put it like turning that that thoughtfulness onto yourself and saying okay you know maybe maybe i should take this opportunity to work with daryl and see what I can learn about, you know, in terms of like your relationship with food. And like you said, it's, it's taken a, ch- a change 
and now it's brought you back to this place where you're working on on weight loss again and there there's there's something nice there man because i think i think sometimes people want an all or nothing answer or want an immediate answer and to me i think you're you're a great example of someone realizing that you need to put the brakes on and take some time to do some examination to get into the right place to be able to, to go where you need to go. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Like I, I just didn't want, I, I let's be real. Anybody who's listening to this right now and it's on a weight loss journey right now, there is no end goal. Like you really have to realize that whatever your end goal, you think that, that that's, that's going to be, if you're saying like, you want to be down to 200 pounds, that's not your end goal. <laughs> your end goal is still like, after you get that 200, you still got to maintain that 200 and main and, and Gormy knows this for a fact, because Gormy went from, you know, Gormy went all the way up and then back down and then back up. And then now he's back down again. So like there is no, there is no end goal with all this stuff. Like it, it's, it's going to be a struggle and it's still going to be work and you still have to put the effort in and there, you can't, you can't put your foot off the brake. There, because there's, I mean, I mean, you can't put your foot off the gas because, like, there, you always have to keep your your foot on the gas at all times. Oh, for sure, because it's when you, it's almost like when we think that there is an endpoint, whether we're meeting it or not, it's it's a cocky decision, you know, to think I'm I'm done or I'm cured or you know I'm I'm perfect now or I can be quote unquote normal, you know. Instead. You need to you need to refocus and like that's why one of the things like for me coming into this year, like I said, like my big goal for this year is to master maintenance. And I've had some actually some people actually you know reach out to me and be like, "That's not enough of a goal, you know, that's not a big enough goal." And I'm like, "Have you listened to anything I've ever talked about?" I'm like, "I'm 46 years old, and I have literally never been able to keep my weight stable for more than a couple of weeks my entire life." My entire life. I'm like, so yes, I understand that you want me to go right into the gym and start working on powerlifting, or you think that strength training is what I need to focus more on, or I should I should start running 10Ks or half marathons. Like there's there's gonna be other physical goals for me out there, but for right now, like I need to put the same urgency and mental energy that I put into trying to lose the weight into learning how to live life keeping that weight off. And not just focus on and not just focus on keeping the weight off, because I think you can you can figure out a system. You know, you can figure out a system that's going to help you keep the weight off. But does that actually feel like you're living your like you're actually living a life that's out? You know, that exists outside of what you're doing food wise or what you're doing exercise wise. Like it's this idea of how do I how do I now? Because like I said this on, on another episode I recorded recently. Like I I spent a lot of my life as as the fat guy, I spent a lot of my life as fat Mike. I spent a lot of my life as weight loss Mike. And now I have to spend time figuring out who I am now. And I have to be okay not knowing the answer. And that's a big part. That's a big part of it, though. Like, because I, I know me and you're like both of our journeys are very similar to um, you get down to this lowest weight and then you're like, who the hell am I now? Like, what, what, am, I, what am I doing? Like, because I, I, like I told you, I got from 492 to 192. And at 192, I was like, I have no clue who this person is. And you have to, you have to recognize that who, who you were at 492 and who you're at 192 are two totally different people. And you have to realize, like, who, who am I at 192? 
And I think a lot of people get down to like their lowest weight and, and they have no clue who they are. And so they go back to what they already know is let's bloom back up. And me and you both did that. Oh, completely. It's it's like you get to that place and because you don't have an answer as to who you are, then you go back to being who you were before, you know, because that's it's not because it's not just comfort. It's what you it's the only thing, you know, like it literally because you've done you've done no if, if you've put no work into figuring out who you're going to be or don't have an eye to that, like don't have a willingness to explore that. Like some people want it to just be about numbers. And it can't just be about numbers. Like at the end of the day, like it has to be about understanding who you're becoming. Because I mean, let's be realistic. Like you were 492 pounds. You know that life at 492 pounds is very different, even for life at 192 or 350. You know, life is life is different when you're that big, and it starts to define your identity because there are things you just can't do. You know, so there it just becomes things you can't do. You have to have these stories that you tell and you have to have all these different layers that you put on. And then what happens? Like, I look at now, like where I'm at. And I, I've talked to some people about some of the things I physically want to do. Like, I would love to go hiking or camping. And I've had people be like, you hate nature. Why would you go camping? This makes no sense. And I'm like, well, that's because I used to tell you that I hated nature because I hated having to walk, I couldn't walk that far. So I hated having to show you that I, I was physically unable to do it. Or I knew if I got down on the floor of a tent, there was no way I was getting up off the floor of that tent without someone helping me. And who wants to have their friends or family have to come over and help them off the ground every morning when you're camping? Like, so you start to build up these different pieces of yourself. So then if you don't work on what is actually happening and what's transforming, how can you ever actually kind of reach a transformation point and like, what can your next goals be? So you said that you had a fire kind of like ignite inside of you again at the start of March and you've gone from just working exclusively on your relationship with food to working on weight loss again. What does that look like for you now? Like what, how is that set up inside of your, like you said, your head is different. Like what does that, what does that mean? It's, <laughs> it, it, it just seems very differently because like before I would just be like, Oh, let me focus on calories and like, like I was doing before. And like, I wasn't focusing on like how much protein I was getting or how many vegetables I was getting. I was just like, cause I've tried different stuff. I've, I've, I've tried paleo and keto like over the last couple of years, I've tried so many different things. And what works best for me is just, am I, am I in a calorie deficit? Am I getting enough protein? If I'm, am I getting enough vegetables? Am I getting enough water? And if I, am I get enough? And am I get enough sleep? Um, and really, sleep sleep has been the biggest thing because um, I, I work two jobs. So like, sleep has been the biggest thing for me is making sure I get enough sleep. Uh, because I I there were certain times where I would recognize where I wasn't getting enough sleep, and so I would just overeat because I'm so tired out. So I would just start eating, and I had to realize that oh I'm tired. I need to go to sleep. Because if I don't sleep enough, I'm going to eat just because I'm, 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 I'm exhausted. So, like, I had to recognize all that stuff. And I recognize a lot of that stuff because I was started working with Daryl because uh, the program that he had me go through and, and I'm still going through, it, it has lessons every week. And it's, it, it's breaking down the basic habits everybody should use. And it's breaking them down, like, every two weeks. So, like, at a certain point, I got to a point where I got about halfway through the program and I, and I was like, I, I know what I'm, I know, I know what I need to do now. 
And I just started taking everything that I've learned from Daryl over the last six months and just let it in, just riding with all of them. And they all fit into place. And I, I think that you have to have some kind of plan. And, and, and even with all this stuff with like right now, we're going through all this stuff with this virus and stuff like that. But uh, I, I had to have some kind of routine. And if I didn't have a routine, then everything breaks down and the routine's working and I'm just going to, I'm just going to run with it. And so far, so good. I've been doing it for almost four weeks and it's, it's working and I'm just going to keep working with it. That's fantastic, man. It sounds like you're approaching it, you know, from a better, a better perspective this time, which seems like it's just going to grow as, as you get in, as you get further into the process, you know, when you get further along, like, keeping that mindfulness in place and being able to keep those lessons that you're learning. I, I really think it comes down to choice. I, and, and there's, and, and I know you have questions about like favorite books or podcasts or whatever, but uh, there is a CrossFit um, CrossFit owner named Ben Bergeron, who uh, coaches Catherine Davis daughter and, and all, and all those CrossFitters. And um, he has a podcast too. And it's called Jason, es Jason excellence. And he talks about, you don't have to do anything. You get to do whatever you want to do. Um, you have a choice in whatever you want to do. So I, I really came to a mindset of I get to do these things. I get to put healthy stuff in my, in my body. Like I don't, I don't think of things as good or bad. I think of stuff as good, better, best. And that's, that's why I had to, that's why I had to attack nutrition. I had to track nutrition attack nutrition not as a point of this is good or bad i attack it as this is the best choice this is the, you know the better choice and this is an okay choice like i i don't think of food as because you know if you put morals on on food then you know you think you're a good you're a good a good or bad person and so i took away i took away that good or bad nature and just said i'm taking my choices as you know better best or just okay like and, and that's what you have to do. And I think a lot of people put guilt on food and, and food shouldn't have guilt. Like if you feel guilty for eating a donut, that donut didn't make you, no, nobody made you eat that donut. Nobody made you feel bad for eating that donut. Like the donut is food. It's, it, it'll fuel you in some form or fashion. Will it be the best choice? No, but will it be an okay choice? Yeah. I mean, you have to live a little, but don't, don't think you have to have five donuts. Have the one, and that's fine. But you know, don't don't think of anything as good or bad. And and that's what you really have to do. I think that's a powerful perspective, and I think it's something that I've been trying to kind of champion on my own. Like, I get that question all the time. Like, do you have cheat meals? Like, when do you when are you been cheat cheating? Meals? You've been cheating forever. And yeah, I come back and I say, like, to be honest with you, like, I don't, I don't feel like I ever have cheat meals now. I just make choices about what I'm going to eat. And are there times where, and are there times I make choices that are not the ideal fuel for my body? Yes. But if I see it as a, I see it as a choice I'm making, I'm less likely to beat myself up over it. I'm less likely to see it as something I need to reactionary binge to. I'm less likely to see it as something that controls me because I put this bad thing inside of me. You know, I did something bad. Like, no, I didn't do something. Cause then you think, well, I did one thing bad. I might as well, you know, for the next 24 hours, be as bad as I can to get it out of my system. Like, take the moral judgment out of your food 
and I think that that gives you gives you permission to say you're making choices. Like that's the other thing I think is really empowering in it all is so say you're going to eat the donut. When you say I'm choose I'm choosing to eat that donut, that's empowering. Like it's not the donut like because people love to say you know I was controlled by the pizza <laughs> or the donuts made me eat them. No, I'm really sorry, but no, they didn't. Food didn't control you. Food has no consciousness. Do people, do manufacturers create foods to be hyper palatable to make you want to eat more of them? Yes, they do. Does that have an impact on you? Yes, it does. But do you choose to open the package and put it in your mouth or does someone else put it you in also your mouth? Choose to buy, you also choose to buy it. Right. Like they haven't yet invented the donut that leaps off the counter into <laughs> your mouth without, you, without asking you if it's okay. I mean, I'm not saying that's not coming down the line, but for right now, we're safe from food unless we buy it, unless we put it into our, like, and that's the thing is like, personally, like I had a, a, two weeks ago, I, I had a bad night and I made some not so great food choices. And everyone I talked to about it said, well, why didn't you call me? Why didn't you tell me what was going on instead of doing that? And I said, because if I had called you, you would have stopped me. You would have stopped me from making those choices. And I, in that moment, wanted to let that happen, you know, and I'm dealing with the consequences of it now and all of that. But I think there's still something like even when we make choices that are not going that are not helpful or healthy for ourselves, framing it as a choice allows you to have some modicum of control instead of abdicating control. And it's when you abdicate control that you end up finding yourself getting deeper and deeper in trouble because now you're letting other things control. You're actually starting to buy the bullshit and believe that the food controls you and believe that these things control you and that circumstance controls you. Like, no, I, I, I can choose how I'm going to react to a different circumstance. I can choose how I'm going to react. I, to a different and I think there's, I think there's a, a, a different, and I've talked about this, like, I think I talked about this with Ethan too. There's another spectrum where people go the far right side where they restrict and they get to the point where they restrict so much, then they end up binging on it. And there has to be some kind of middle ground. Like if, and I've always had this rule, uh, even even as I've been working with Daryl, is if I want to have some, something like okay, let's say say it, we're talking about donuts already. If if I want a donut, and I'm and I'm thinking about it for days, let me just go ahead and have the donut because at some point I'm going to end up going from one donut to half a dozen to a dozen. Like I'm, it's just going to get worse and worse as the more the more I think about it. So. If I want to have the donut, just have it. Because if I don't, it's going to turn into a binge. And I and I had issues with binge even at one point. Um, but like, I, I think that people restrict so much, and you don't have to restrict. Like, if you want something, if you want a candy bar or a donut, have it in a moderate amount. Like, don't just restrict yourself where you're not going to ever have it again. Because you're going to have it again at some point. I think it's okay for people to use different levels of restriction and different tools at different times. And to say like, right now, I know that I can't, I can't do that. Like I have points where I know, like, like I'll talk about like right now, like today I found out that my main job, you know, my, my side gig went away because of the virus today, my main job went away. I'm completely unemployed. Could I have allowed myself then to say, you know what? I've earned, you know, a piece of pizza and a donut today. You know, I've earned that. I could have, but I also know that that wouldn't have stopped there. Like I know me, where I know where I'm feeling, yeah. what I'm feeling right now. But that's that's based that's on that's based on emotions, though. Like you're very emotional right now. 
Right. And like that's, and I, but I think it's okay to be aware of that. And I think it's okay to be aware of there are different times where you're in a different place. Like a couple, uh, two months ago, I went and I had regular, you know, I'm the keto guy. I went and had regular this. pizza on wheat this. crust, yeah. you know, and I ate it and I didn't die and I didn't go on a binge and I didn't show up to get four more slices after, you know, I ate, I ate two pieces of pizza and I went on with my day. Like, so I think it's okay to realize that there are, there are different times where we can handle different things, but it, it, it all goes back to that idea that you have to be, you have to be willing to be mindful of yourself and be mindful of how your feelings impact your food. And I, th I think it's, I, I do want to not miss the fact that you talked about sleep. I think people don't pay enough. I think we're in a culture right now where it's like, People are proud of the fact that the, I, only, I only need three hours. That, of it's that, it's that hustle culture. That hustle culture. That's what. It, that's what it is. Oh yeah, completely. Like, and I think like if you if you actually dive into it and look at it, like especially people that are like at the forefront of you know the health and, and fitness community, like they're all starting to realize that when they actually get sleep, their bodies respond better to workouts. Their hunger hormones regulate easier. They're feeling. You know, I found for myself that when I prioritize sleep my weight loss went better. Like it just, my control of food and my body's actual holding on to weight, like went better. Like when I get over seven hours of sleep a night, I have a better week than if I get just five hours of sleep a night. Like it's, it's amazing to see how something that like, you know, we, we spend so much time as kids being told to go to bed that we want to rebel against that. And somehow there's something cool about, you know, I pulled an all nighter. Okay. That's really great. But <laughs> you're causing a complete, complete dysregulation of your hormones and of like your body's rhythms and like everything. So how are you expecting your body to get healthy when you're not giving it what it needs? Like, yes, we need food, but sleep should be just as important. And like, and I, ha I hit some points where cause I would prioritize a good night's sleep over going to the gym in the morning. And I would have some people get mad at me and be like, no, you should just get up and go to the gym. And I'm like, sleep is as, as equally valid to me as going to the gym. Like it's an equal valid part of my health, like taking care of myself. Like think there's, there's power to sleep that I think people just miss because like you said, we have the hustle culture and it can be a badge of honor that, you know, I, I go to bed at midnight and I get up at three and I go, go, go. And it's like, what are sit down eventually? And what are you doing to go, go, go? Like, what happens when the weekend comes or how much caffeine are you taking in to keep yourself awake by the time midnight rolls around? Like, are you still, are you still drinking a bang at, at 10 o'clock at night? Like if you need, if, if you need an energy drink at 10 o'clock at night, there's something going on, you know, there's something you need to be a little more aware of. So I, I just appreciate yeah, you talking I, about that. I, and, and my friend, Nikki Hines, she, we did this whole caffeine challenge where we kind of dropped off our, our caffeine intake because I, re I was recognizing that my sleep was horrible at one point. And we, we recently did this. This was like back in February we did this. And so for, I know a solid, uh, we were only going to do it for a week. And I think I ended up doing it for like three because I was like, let me very much like come down with the caffeine intake. And I slept the best I've ever slept with, with not, taking in as much caffeine and, and 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 you have to realize that we're all dependent on caffeine at, at some point so you have to recognize that if you're gonna have caffeine you might want to cut it off at a certain time like i, I think daryl cuts his off around noon 
Um, but I think that, and, and I did that too, but like I, I started cutting off my caffeine intake around noon and I've slept so well those, those three weeks. Oh, it's true. It's, it's completely accurate. You know, I'm known as a coffee guy, but I also don't drink coffee later in the day. Like I tend to avoid coffee later in the day because I know I'm going to be up bouncing off the walls, you know, or even if I try, if I force myself to go to bed, the sleep is just not good. Like, you know, you can, when you wake up the next day and you're still tired, there's something going on. And I, and I really, and I really do prioritize my sleep. Like if, if I'm tired, there's been several days where I, cause I work two jobs and I, and I tend to work overnight some days. So like, if I'm tired, when I leave my overnight job, I'll just go back to sleep for a little bit, just cause I know it's either I can work out and be very dead tired, or I can go back to sleep for a little bit and kind of get a recharge. And I, I, I always choose sleep over working out if that's the case. That right there is another great, great awareness piece that you're, you're bringing, man. Um, I do, I, 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 I don't want to, I, I've got you captive right now and you are another podcast host. So I do kind of want to, I do want to talk a little bit about your show in that, like, I'd like to, you know, you talked about what it's about and I would like to just kind of hear from your perspective, like, what do you think the big lessons that you've taken away from everyone you've talked to on the show so far are like, what are the big, what are the things that rise up? To the, top uh, the biggest things that I've heard over the last, cause I, I've, like I said, I've been doing interviews like the first 18 episodes of my podcast was about me. And so everything after 18 has been some kind of story or me experimenting with a format. Like I, I, I've changed the format like three times over the last year and a half. So I'm always experimenting with the podcast, but I think the biggest stories that I've heard are just being very consistent with, with their weight loss journey and, and not letting anybody, you know, kind of just rule like what you're doing. Like it, it, cause you know, there's families that really try to like sabotage your, your journey and stuff like that. And I've heard a lot of those stories um, with people having family members sabotage or friends sabotage their, their weight loss efforts. And it's, it's been very like positive and very, very inspiring to hear different people talk about how they came to their weight loss journey and how they're doing it and how they're continuing it and and the things that that have come out of it. Like that's like there's people who are running now. There's people who are doing CrossFit. There's people who are are doing stuff like with uh, movement and you know there's some people who are doing food blog stuff like it's 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 inspiring to hear different people coming out of it in different ways that's fantastic man like i, I think that's and how many episodes are you up to now uh as of right now i think i'm at 55 55 so i and and i think this you you're going to be somewhere in the 50s for this show too just so you know uh, yeah cuz i think we mean you started like around the same time like I started a little bit before you, but then you started rocking it and and just started releasing episodes. I was like, "How's going to come out with all these episodes?" Yeah, I went a little insane when I started and <laughs> released. I think I think I was doing three episodes a week for the first like two months. I remember that, and then and then I was like, "I can't keep up with this, or I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm going to kill my I, like. I'm going to. I will literally die. Like I honestly, my sleep was starting to 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 go bad because I'm like." I got to find time to record. I got to find time to edit. I got to find time to take care of this. And so I went down to, to one episode a week. I'm back to two a week right now. You know, I figure with the unemployment thing going on, I need something, you know, to, to, keep, to keep me busy. So I figure why not get some more, you know, I've got a nice list of people out there, you know, that I'm ready, that I'm signing up to talk to. Um, 
I, this week I'm doing a marathon. I figured that was the best way to get me through this week. I think I'm recording at least at least one episode a day this week, if not two. So I'm sure by the end of the week, I'll be like, okay, I could take a little bit of a break. Like I've got like three months covered. Like I'm good. Uh, people, people laugh at me because I, and we're kind of getting kind of behind the scenes with podcasting, but I, 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 I batch record everything. So like most of the time I record on Sundays. So I will record with two, three people every Sunday. And at one point I was like three months ahead just because I was recording so much. Yeah. And people give me so much flack for it. And like, you're recording so far in advance. I'm like, I I just like talking to people. And so like, I get this marathon session with everybody on Sunday. Well, I mean, you get an energy from it. Like, I feel like I leave every episode with a lesson. Yeah. Whether the person talking to me intended it or not, or even thought they were going to, you know, I've had guys come on the show who are just beginning their weight loss journeys who are like, I'm not, you know, I may, I, who am I to tell my story? Who am I to talk? And I'm like, people need to hear from people at every every stage of the journey. Like, there's something to learn. And like, we, I talk to these guys, and I'm like, at the end, I'm like, wow, like, you helped me think about this, and you helped me think about that. And they're like, wow, I didn't really think about that. I'm like, I think there's something, there's something powerful to story. And I think that's why, you know, as as great as like YouTube is, and you know, Instagram accounts and all those things, like, I just think there's something really unique about the podcasting space where it's like this oral tradition of like sharing our stories and sharing our experiences and passing them on and allowing other people to kind of hear them at their own pace and like listen to 10 minutes here and listen to 10 minutes there and then catch up. Or, you know, I love when I hear, get a message from someone that says like they put me on at the gym, you know, on Monday mornings, you know, when they listen to the new episode while they're on the treadmill or they're on the bike on, on Monday mornings. Like it's, it's, it's great like to hear that kind of, um, develop and speaking of things that are developing because because willie we've been talking for a while and we've heard a a lot about this journey that you went through and kind of how you came back to starting again and i just want to i want to give you a chance like so what what is next for you like what's coming up next like do you have specific weight loss goals that you've set is that not something that you're you're coming around to this time and is it more about a process like where where are you at as you move forward I, I don't have a, like a, a goal, like a goal set. Like I, I have a direction that I'm going in. Um, I don't have like an exact number because I, because when you think about that end goal number, you, you get, you start becoming obsessed with it. And I just want to go in a downward turn. Um, just, just trying to drop weight so I can be a little bit healthy, healthier. Um, that's my main that's my main thing right now is just getting healthier and moving better and just living a better life. And that's, that's what I've been doing for the last, for the last year or so is just really working on just getting my relationship with food in the right place and getting my mindset, right. Um, I really started digging into journaling and meditation last year. Um, and that's like a big focus of, of 2020 It's just, like self-discovery and finding myself. And that's been a big part of 2020. That speaks, like we said, to the growth of your journey and to that, that awareness that you've built up and that you, you keep at the forefront of everything that you're doing. And I think there's, there's no way that you won't see that direction continue to, to move the way you want it to go. You know, as long as you keep that, that focus there and keep those, those pieces moving. Like I'm just excited to see what comes next for you and, how it evolves in terms of how you tell your story and you know what the the next chapters will be so i'm just i'm really just excited for the next year for you man yeah 
I appreciate it. Awesome. So now, Willie, uh, with everything we've talked about tonight, is there anything that we haven't been able to talk about that you feel like you, you want to share with the listeners of the Fat Guy Forum? I, I, I want to tell people just to, if you're in the middle of a weight loss journey right now, just take it one day at a time. Um, and, and this is my mantra now is like one day at a, one day at a time, one meal at a time, one workout at a time. Um, and I feel like that's, that's what you can focus, just focus on what you can control. And that's the biggest thing. Uh, don't worry about outside sources or what's outside of your control. Just worry about what you can control and the choices that you have. I, I think that sounds great, man. And I, I think that's so important. Like, I think people forget that every choice matters. Like, literally every choice matters. So if you make what you consider to be a bad choice, you know, you go off your meal plan or you you eat too much food for your body for that day or whatever, you still have another meal coming. You still have another day coming. Like, make another make make a good make the next choice a good one. Like, realize that. And also, I think it, there's something to be said for those little choices add up, you know, to build strength. And that's where you, that's where you, that's where you get momentum from is by making little choices that, you know, are moving you towards where you want to be. Exactly. Definitely, man. Definitely. So Willie, before we get to the fat guy five, I want to give you a chance. Cause I know there's a lot of different places that people can connect with you. And I want to give you a chance to share them with, with the audience. Yeah. Um, I, I, you can find me mostly on Instagram. It's just my name at Willie Gillis. Um, I, like I said, I have a podcast called What I Live For. Um, I have an Instagram for that uh, uh, at uh, What I Live For Podcast, and that's on Instagram as well. Um, and you can just find What I Live For on Spotify, Apple Music, I mean, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Awesome. And I will make sure to put links to everything in the show notes for this episode as well. Willie, though, are you ready for the Fat Guy Five? I've been waiting for this. I'm ready. Okay, here we go, man. And you are getting the original. I haven't, I haven't fine-tuned the new version yet, so you're getting the original. So question number one, living or dead, Willie, who is your favorite fat guy? I thought about this uh, once you told me to come on the podcast, and I, was, and I thought about it. I was like, I, I, I'm going to say Ethan Supley because that podcast that he put out, um, American Glutton, if you're not listening to that podcast, you need to listen to it ASAP. Because the dude, the dude knows what he's talking about. He definitely doesn't. And that's the funny thing is like when I first saw he was doing a podcast, I was a little bit like, okay, here's a celebrity losing weight. What does he really know about this? Like, you know, he probably had a trainer help him. You know, he probably had someone make food for him. And then you get into his story and get into his experiences and you're like, um, he's done his homework. Like he's lived everything. He's lived all the experiences that most of us have. And his story is very similar to the stories of, of most of us. And it's, it's great when you hear him just, I think it was the first or second episode. I think it might've been the second one where he spends a lot of time talking with his co-host and he just like is rattling off information about the body and about the way the body reacts to weight loss. And I was like, Oh man, he exactly knows what he's talking about. I'm like, he is not like, you know, he's not just reading from a pamphlet. Like he knew it inside and out. That's a that's a great answer. But I really that guy knows his stuff. And when he came out when he came out with that podcast, I was like, I am in because he knows what he's talking about. He definitely does. He definitely does. So Willie, let's move on to question number two. Thinking back to your heavier days, what was your quintessential fat guy meal? 
I could slam a whole pizza and like a pan of lasagna. Like that was my thing. Like any kind of Italian food is my is my jam, and it's still my jam. And I I, I try not to have it as much, but uh, Italian food is definitely my jam. So what you're saying is put put tomato sauce and a little bit of cheese on something, and you're, you're good to go. <laughs> yeah. There we go, man. There we go. Question number three. So, Willie, your journey has a, has a lot of twists and turns to it. You know, you've got your starting point. You you lost the weight. You put weight back on. You're starting over. If someone is at any point in in that journey, like, what is your number one piece of advice to help them get started? I I would say to take it one day at a time. Um, build off small habits. It, it, even if you go one week where you just track how much food you're having and like just go like that that direction just adding small small habits to everything you're doing every week so don't and i hate that people do this but they they try to tackle tackle everything at once and that doesn't work like you have to take small incremental change because as a human we don't like change so you have to you have to take it like like small incremental changes. So if you're going to be like, I'm going to cut out soda and that's going to be week one. And then week two, add something else that you're going to cut out or add in. Like for everything you cut out, add something back in. So if you're going to cut out soda, add more water. If you're going to cut out eating a Twinkies, then eat more vegetables. Like you just have to slowly add in stuff. You can't just go, I'm going to go 100 and think you're going to change everything because that doesn't work. I, I think that's great advice, man. And I think that plays off of that idea that not only do you make those changes, you know, make make those smaller changes to build lasting change, but be okay with the fact that you're not, you know, cutting everything off of your body at once. Like you're, you know, that there, there's going to be a, there's going to be a progression to your journey. I, I had someone DM me today that they quote only have lost twenty pounds in a month. Twenty pounds is, and I'm some like, some people can't lose twenty pounds in a month. Yeah, I'm like. You wait a minute. I'm like, can you sit back for a second and look at the fact that you are now 20 pounds lighter than you were exactly. a month ago? Please do not beat yourself up. Like, because this person was beating themselves up. Like, I'm just not doing great. I'm, I've only lost 20. I'm like, wait, what? Can you rewind for a second? Like, clarify for me. I'm like, you mean in four weeks you've lost 20 pounds? Yes. You have lost five pounds every week. I'm like, that is freaking phenomenal. I said, and to be honest, you're probably not going to lose that much every month going forward. So enjoy this, like enjoy this. I'm like, and so I had this long conversation with them to kind of help them reflect on that a little bit. And they were like, well, yeah, I had it, you know, I, but my friend lost, you know, 30 pounds in the first month. And I'm like, well, where did your friend start at weight wise? And their friend was 150 pounds heavier than them. I'm like, your friend probably had a lot of water on their body that needed to get out. You know, they they had a, a malfunctioning like lymphatic system and needed that that water to get out of the body. I'm like, oh, I had I hadn't really thought stop, about that. Stop so, comparing. Stop comparing yourself to the next person. You are you. They are they. That that's it. That's a, I think that's a whole that's a whole another a whole another piece of advice. That's a great lesson. You know that comparison the comparison game never gets us anywhere. For sure, for sure. But I feel like we're gonna we're gonna segue into talking about tips for an hour. So we're gonna move <laughs> on to question number four. I'm breaking. I'm breaking my own rules. I'm breaking my. Uh, you know, I'm off the rails, Willie. I'm That's off fine. the rails tonight. Uh, question number four: What book, podcast, YouTube channel, resource, influencer do you recommend to people that need motivation? Um, if you need motivation, I would say uh, 
American Glenn uh, is a very good choice if you need some kind of motivation with your weight loss journey. Um, Tim Ferriss, the Tim Ferriss show has a lot of good stuff. Um, I'm trying to think. I I personally enjoy Matt Benson's I'm So, I'm so podcast because there's something that you even when Matt does his solo stuff, you, you can take some away from that. And the dude knows what he's talking about. Like I, I've been following Matt since like 2013. So like the dude knows what he's talking about. Um, book wise, Ryan holiday. That's, that's a very good, uh, source of things like, uh, ego as enemy, uh, way like those that still is a, still is a key, uh, daily stoic, like all that stuff works. And, uh, Marcus Aurelius, uh, meditations like that, that stuff works. If you feel like you're going off the rails and you need some motivation, those are definitely books that you should check out. There we go, Ben. There we go. And question number five, what is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? Um, I, I'm definitely, I'm definitely working to, um, to, to, I'm, I'm definitely working to be a coach. Um, especially with the habits like the habit-based coaching i'm i'm really working towards that uh, i told daryl that um i want to pay it forward um once i'm once me and him are done uh that i really want to get to that that whole sphere but i think that a lot of people need help um and i and i just want to be able to kind of pay that forward i love it man i think that sounds great and i think you you'd, you'd be a great resource for people so i look forward to seeing that happen for you Willie, are there any final words you want to say before we sign off for the night? I, I, w- I would say just, just don't beat yourself up. Um, if you're on a weight loss journey right now, don't, don't beat yourself up. Don't compare yourself to anybody else. Just do you and do the best that you can. And, and, and don't, don't label stuff as good or bad. I, I think that's a good point to end on. For sure, man. I like it. So, Thank you so much, Willie, uh, for taking the time to join us tonight on the Fat Guy Forum. I really appreciate it. And I hope that everyone is going to go not only check out Willie's Instagram, but you got to check out that podcast of his. Um, he's, he's got some great people that he's talked to on there and even more great content coming soon, I'm sure. So, my friends, you know, you can find me on Instagram as well if you're bored. Um, my account is gourmet underscore goes underscore keto. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at GourmetGoesKeto, probably getting yelled at by someone because that seems to be the way Twitter goes these days. Uh, or you can email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com to reach out. If you are listening to us on Apple, please give us a rating and a review because it helps get the podcast in front of some more people. I would greatly appreciate it. Thank you all so much. And please, my friends, remember to do something today to amaze yourself because you are amazing people. I'll see you next time on the Fat Guy Forum. 